0: Welcome back. You're watching Trader's Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Trader's Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, you Garth, it's quite a RAND-centric show that we have put together this week. But before we get there, um, a quick look at the US markets and the general market because the US markets are really sort of doing really well. Unfortunately, we're totally out of step with them.
1: Yeah, we are out of step. So the the S&P 500 here quickly shows that this market is still making higher lows and higher highs. It's been doing that since April, and you can see that quite clearly. Now this 2740 is quite a significant support area on the S&P 500. So we monitor that. The futures, as we sit here right now, the S&P futures are trading at around about that level. If it fails at 2740 and goes lower, then your 50-day moving average is the blue line down there comes in a little bit lower down. But overall, whilst this pattern of higher lows and higher highs continues to play out, then I think you've got to still be mildly bullish on the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. And my sense is that after this pullback is finished, perhaps we have another effort to push back up and try and have another go at 2,800, which is that dotted line at the top there. And if it ultimately can break above that 2,800 level, then perhaps we have another challenge of the prior highs. But, you know, let's take it one week at a time. Uh, but but for, for now, the higher lows and higher highs continue to be a, a relatively bullish setup on yeah. this market.
0: I wonder how the trade wars are going to impact because they've already affected the Chinese market very badly today, but they don't yet seem to be take, having much impact on the U.S. markets.
1: Not significantly. As I said, the futures are down a little bit as we sit here right now, um, but, but they're not falling off a cliff. They're not reacting as badly as what the Chinese market did. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. Coming back to our own market, it's quite a sorry-looking chart, I have to say.
1: Well, it is. It's been rather nowhere actually. If you look at it over the last you know, number of months, go back to February, we we're at the same levels as we were back then. So for you know for nearly five months, this market's pretty much gone sideways, broadly speaking. Last week on the show, we spoke about the significance of this 52,500 resistance level on the top 40. And I also pointed out the fact that there was this potential rising wage pattern that was beginning to form and that Mm -hmm. it could preempt a a break to the downside. And that is what's happened. The the 52,500 resistance held and we've seen three days of fairly aggressive selling on our market. Now, as we sit here at the moment, it's hovering around 50,500 or there and thereabouts. Um, There is some options, interest at 50,000 and some at 51,000. The reason I bring that up is because this week is the futures closeout on Thursday. so. The, these option strike levels do become more significant from a derivatives activity perspective, but you you mentioned that our market is looking weak whilst the you know the u s market is still looking okay and that that this chart tells that story exactly mm. what 's also interesting to note is that our market is so weak, notwithstanding the fact that the rand has weakened quite significantly. exactly and you know the ordinary logic is that a weaker rand is good for our market because vast majority of the stocks on our top forty are heavily rand sensitive but It hasn't helped. Uh, this just seems to have been fairly indiscriminate selling, broad-based, um, broad, broad based, um, which has dragged the top 40 down recently.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, uh, to some extent, it is part of a whole emerging market sell-off. So we're not alone, really. Sure. Um, and that talks to what is happening to the currency at the moment. And you've got a few uh, graphs to illustrate exactly where we're at, which yes. is looking quite worrying.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. So look, this is an interesting one. This is, this is a three-year chart of the Rand dollar exchange rate. Uh, so it goes back to 2000. You can see end of 2015 and into early 2016 where the, the RAND blew out. That was uh, when uh, Nene Gate happened. And the, and then Pravin Gordon was reinstalled and the RAND strengthened quite a bit since then. But if you have a look from a technical perspective, where we are now um, is interesting because this downward trend that you can draw draw in from the, the late 2015 high, um, through the late 2017 high, it comes in at around about 13 around 80 yeah. on rand dollar, and that's where we've been trading today. There and there, I think it's been to 13.90, is the weakest I've seen it today. Um, so it's there and thereabouts at that downtrend resistance. We've had a very, very weak month for the rand. The, the, from the beginning of June to now, the currency's lost about 12% of its value against the dollar, which is a fairly big move. Yeah. Um, and And, you know, I always seem to notice that the noise is always the, the loudest at the extremes. Um, and the noise around this RAND weakness has become quite loud recently. So I do wonder whether we're not reaching sort of a, a, a point where perhaps it's you know, maybe done a bit too much and we could potentially start to see this currency begin to strengthen. And, and particularly if that sort of 1380 area that I've identified on this chart were to hold and we were to see the currency reversing stronger from that level.
0: Because we were talking before we went on air about um, Bloomberg actually ran an article today talking about a, a key indicator that's for some contrarians is an absolute Um, uh, it's it's not not a warning bell, but it's a a signal that the RAND is deeply oversold. And that's when the relative strength indicator of the RAND dollar index goes above 78, which is is where it is at the moment.
1: On an intraday basis, that's where it is at the moment. And it is quite rare for that to happen. And it does, generally speaking, in in, in the past, it has typically uh, happened at at a blowout point. And you do usually see a little bit of consolidation in the currency after that reading happens.
0: Now, the thing is, it's not just factors germane to South Africa. So we could bleat about ESCOM and unions and the fact that our economy is in the toilet, but it's also a matter of a very strong dollar, which is keeping us down.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, obviously those domestic issues are not to be ignored, but broadly speaking, you know, I, I kind of feel that largely the foreigners often, they just want to know if they're investing in the country, are they going to get their bond coupon? Is it safe? And that's really all that matters. You can take your land issue and your ESCOM and all these other things and just throw it out the window because they don't really care that much about it quite honestly and that's why you'll often notice that the emerging market currencies do tend to track each other fairly closely uh, from a flows perspective Mm. and the domestic issues within each of these countries are not all that significant from a bigger picture perspective. But to go back to the point about the U.S. dollar. So this is this is the U.S. dollar index chart over here, and I just want to point out the significance of this resistance area at 95. Now the U.S. dollar index is a is a index that tracks the dollar against six other developed market currencies. Um, so it's a it's a good reading to look at in terms of whether the dollar is strong or weak. Now, since middle of April, the dollar has been very strong. Mm. It's, you sure. know, this dollar index has gone from a reading of 89 to, to 95. So that's quite significant strength in a fairly short space of time for the U.S. dollar. But you can see the significance of this 95 level on the chart over there. Now, it's bumping up against that at the moment, uh, making an effort to try and maybe break above there. I'm not sure whether it's got the... Um, the strength to go through and and make a convincing break above that resistance right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit more consolidation here in the near term. And that would then also suggest that potentially the RAND begins to consolidate as well.
0: Yeah. Which is going to um, uh, be um, key in the, the, stock picks that you've um, made this week but before we get there um, that's a very interesting chart you've got of emerging market currencies against the US dollar we are not alone in this no
1: no we're not and in fact we're the you know we're the the best house in the bad neighborhood as were. <laughs> because if you look at the rand that the rand is this blue line da- down there so you can see them each labeled the black line is the actual US dollar index and you can see that since the middle of April the dollar index has um, the dollar has gone stronger and when the dollar goes stronger, typically you would expect to see these other emerging, emerging market currencies going weaker, which is what's happened here. But if you look at the the Brazilian real, that's the, the red line. And then you look at the Turkish lira. That's the, the one at the top there. And you can see how those currencies have really been smashed. Mm-hmm. So the rand might be weak at the moment, but it's nowhere near as bad as some of our emerging market compatriots. Um, so just do keep that in mind. And you, and you can see this general theme of aversion away from emerging market mm-hmm. currencies.
0: It's always comfortable not to be the most miserable in a bad bunch, isn't
1: it? <laughs> what are they saying? Mis- misery loves company. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, as I say, so, you know, South Africa, it, it kind of is the best house in a bad neighborhood at the moment because we, we do have you know deep liquid bond markets, et cetera. When you compare us to the likes of Brazil and the problems there in Turkey with major problems there, if you're an investing in an in, in emerging market investor, South Africa is still relatively attractive compared to some of these other countries. You yeah. know, Argentina is another one.
0: And interestingly enough, we had one of our best bond sales in a long time today. So even though um, things have 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 sunk a bit, um, there's actually been a lot of appetite for our yeah. bonds. But yeah. uh, getting on to to this week's trades, um, there are two long positions and two very oversold stocks, which is quite interesting because yeah. normally you don't like going for the weakest. Uh, Weak sectors and weak stocks in those sectors, but um, you're plumping for MTN and also REM growth.
1: That's right. Yeah. So the the sort of conundrum I'm faced with at the moment is, and it revolves around the currency that we've talked about, the strong stocks in our market at the moment are generally the currency-sensitive ones. So the resources have been fairly strong. They've got a bit of momentum on their side. But the thing is, if the RAND does begin to turn around, if if we're seeing the RAND blow out now and it begins to turn around, then I don't know that I want to necessarily be long that stuff anymore. Mm. Um, and, and the other sort of more domestic stocks have been thrashed on the back of a weaker RAND. Now, if the RAND were to begin to stabilize and maybe strengthen, then I think some of these really, really beaten down domestic stocks could actually rebound a bit. So that's the, the, the sort of conundrum that I'm faced with at the moment. Now, I've decided to go with two trades in stocks that are domestic, um, so MTN and Remgro, with the potential for the RAND to stabilize and possibly recover a little bit. And given the fact that these shares are at big technical support levels, and they've made some developments today, which suggests to me that they might be forming a bottom
0: now. Okay, so two contrarian picks, talk us through them.
1: So here's MTN, right? This goes back over the last two years. And really the broad, trading pattern here or the channel has been between 110 Rand and 135 Rand. And I've been watching this for a couple of weeks and thinking to myself, if this thing goes and flushes below 110 Rand, that's when you want to buy it Mm -hmm. for a big rebound, as it's done a number of times in the past. Now it's done that today. If we go and look at the 15 minute intraday chart of MTN, you can see it over here. um, There's the gap that happened on the open this morning. So that I suspect that's a exhaustion gap to the downside. And you can see the price quite quickly began to recover. Not long after the open, I looked at this and I thought, right, it's now broken this 110 Rand. This is what I've been waiting for. Now let's see if there's some stability, if it sort of flushes stop losses and then begins to re- recover. And it did appear as if there was some buying activity at the lower levels. So I took, I, I picked a bottom, and let me not yeah, uh, make any bones about that. Uh, I, I picked a bottom based on the fact that it had done what uh, something i have been waiting for. It had an exhaustion gap to the downside, and I could see that there was other buying interest in the stock. Um, so I went long at 107 Rand and 14 cents. Stop loss is basically gonna be below this morning's low. Yep. And then I'll look for a move up to 111 Rand 50 here as a minimum target.
0: Okay, so whisk us through the mechanics of that one. All
1: right, so we long at 107, 14, stop loss at 106 Rand. Risk per share therefore is one Rand and 14 cents. I'm risking 0.75% of our account here, okay. so it's a very small risk, that's 1,200 Rand. Um, I take the 1,200 Rand, divide it by the risk per share of 1 Rand, and it gives me 1,052 shares, so I'm rounding it down to 1,000 CFDs for this trade. My target, as I said, is 111 Rand 50, and that means my risk to reward here is 1 to 3.8. Okay. So it's a very good risk to reward ratio, and this could potentially be a very quick in and out trade if yeah. it works.
0: And what about Remgro?
1: So Remgro is similar. Um, I've also, you know, I did a trade on Remgro for the show a few weeks back, and we ended up being stopped out. Yeah. But I did say that I still think if it comes down to 200 bucks or a little bit lower and flushes that level, that would probably be the time to buy. It. Now it's done that today. It's flushed through that round figure at 200. You can see all the lateral support on that daily chart over there. If we look at the intraday chart. you can see the gap down that occurred this morning and then you see how the share price began to stabilize and it made a a higher low, and then it began to break above this 197 Rand area, which to me signaled a, a, a buy signal where I suspect from here, we go up and actually close that gap at 202 Rand. So I'm long at 197.40, stop loss is gonna be below today's low, which is at 195 Rand, and the target I'm looking for minimum of 202 Rand with potential to go higher still. Yeah,
0: and mechanics very quickly. Very quickly, okay. <laughs>
1: so we long at 197.40, stop loss 195 Rand, risk per share is 40 taking again 0.75% of our account, which is 1200 Rand that I'm willing to lose if I'm wrong here. 1200 Rand divided by two Rand 40 is 500 CFDs. That's the position I've taken. Target is 202, that's a minimum target. And that means my risk to reward ratio is almost one to two.
0: Okay, sorry, I haven't left you too much time for that. And got the. Um, what is it looking
1: like at the moment? Yeah, so um, South African portfolio is up 6.33%. You can see the two trades open that we've discussed there now. Yeah. And then offshore, um, similar to last week, our Honeywell trades losing us a little bit of money at the moment. We're still up almost 5% for the year to date on that offshore portfolio. Yeah.
0: And then just remind us, you've got a course coming up this weekend.
1: Yes, on Saturday this week, the 23rd of June. It's a high probability trading course all day on a Saturday. Anyone that would like to attend, there's still space. Please email me, garth at traderscorner.co.za, and I'll send all the details.
0: Great, and we'll flesh this out again next week. Garth, thanks as always for joining us. Garth is, of course, founder and editor of Traders Corner.